I don't know what's more confusing, learning astrology or just being a human. Moonday Musings is here to help with that. A weekly no bullshit guide for the upcoming cosmic forecast and how you can actually use this in your real life. Happy Monday, my friend, and happy Moon Day, and welcome, of course, to another episode of Moon Day Musings. If this is your first Moon Day around these parts with us, welcome, and thank you so much for spending part of your Monday here. I'm Danny, and I'm that witch next door, and I am going to hopefully be a helpful little cosmic guide for you this week. As we embark into the week of our Aquarius new moon that is coming up this Friday, (sighs) I'm excited about this one. I'm particularly excited for Friday's episode, which is the Aquarius new moon shadow chats with Ashley Michelle of Starseed Shadows. And if you've been listening to that witch podcast for a while, then you probably already know and love the Shadow Chats episodes uh, yourself already. If you haven't caught those before, you definitely don't want to miss it. Ashley and I will dive into the energy of, of this new moon. And it's something that she and I do together every single new moon cycle. And this week, what I would like to do for you is we will talk about the moon scope for the week and so that you're kind of aware of of the lunar transits, which is really where, where we're feeling this week. Wherever we look at the moon, a lot of people don't realize this, especially if you're brand, brand, brand spanking new to astrology. Why do we track the moon? Why does it matter so much? Because the moon represents our overall emotional experience. And what a big experience that is. So it matters. And it can tell us a lot about where our emotions might be, uh, where the emotions of others might be, and a look into how we all are responding to each other accordingly. Um, And I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty damn helpful to me. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the moon scope for the week and this upcoming uh, Aquarius new moon a little bit. Well, we're going to set it up because then uh, Ashley and I will talk about it on the episode on Friday. But what we're going to do this week is we're really going to use a tarot reading to dive in and deepen our understanding of the energy this week. So just about every week on Moonday Musings, I pull a card at the end of the episode. And once in a while, I feel really, really called to to kind of fold the reading in to the rest of the episode and let the reading kind of guide our cosmic information as well. And I was definitely feeling that strong, strong pull today. So the week that we're looking at is starting today, Monday, February 5th, going to Sunday, February 11th. And what I would like to walk you through before we get started in all of this is a very helpful grounding practice so that we can all feel really centered 
and really well grounded and anchored so that whatever information needs to come through for us today, uh, it falls on much more effectively listening ears. Uh, I always, always say that astrology and tarot, very much included, are best received from an open mind and a grounded heart. And I think that especially when we are going to be pulling a few cards while we talk about the transits today, we need to really, really make sure that we are feeling nice and centered and aligned in the present moment. So wherever you're sitting, wherever you're standing, even if you're having to move around while you're doing this, while you're listening to this podcast, that's okay. I want you to take one big breath first, just to kind of... Bring some presence to your body through your lungs and your airways. A breath is an excellent and effective way to reset our energy very, very quickly. And wherever you are right now, I want you to start adjusting yourself in whatever ways your body, your mind, whatever you need to do to feel balanced just for right now. So maybe you need to kind of adjust in your chair a little bit. Maybe you need to kind of roll out and fix your posture a tiny bit. Maybe you need to adjust where your hands are or your legs are right now. You might even need to wake up some parts of your body by doing some ah, nice big stretches Roll out your ankles, roll out your wrists, wiggle your toes and your fingers. Let that energy start moving all throughout your body and know that as it's doing so, it's bringing some centered, calm, grounded alignment to your energy field right now. If your mind has been feeling really lopsided, like you've been super, super hyper-focused and hyper-fixated on something, allow yourself to pause on that, even if it's just for the remainder of this episode. Just temporarily set that off to the side. Let your mind come to a little more of a centered and present place. If it feels comfortable and it's safe to close your eyes and you feel called to do so, feel free to do that with me. And through your nose, I want you to take a nice, big, deep inhale and fill up your whole chest as you do this. When your chest is all the way full to the tippy top, you can open your mouth and exhale, release, push all of that beautiful air out of your lungs, nice and empty, blow it all the way out. And when you're ready, in through the nose again, a nice deep bottom of the belly, full breath in. And at the top of that breath, open your mouth, exhale, release, sigh that air out, Push any remaining oxygen out. Well, I guess carbon dioxide. (laughs) Full exhale and last deep cleansing breath. Make this really count in through your nose. And when you're ready, exhale. 
release. Let your breath come back to a nice natural pace. And I want you to repeat after me. I am safe. I am strong. I am valued. I am loved. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes if they were closed and join us again. And I hope you can make note um, in your body, in your mind, in your energy right now, um, any difference that you're feeling now after these breaths, after that simple, beautiful affirmation, the difference in your energy field right now compared to about five minutes ago. Just make note of the change. Because one of the most effective things that we can do as energy workers and magical practitioners is reflecting on the difference, even the most subtle difference, uh, differences that our, that our magic does make. Something as simple as three deep breaths and a short collection of words can have a really, really profound effect on how you're feeling. And so while we're talking about how we're feeling, let's check in with that moon scope that I was talking about. Where is the moon this week? Where are our emotions this week? Starting out today, Monday, February 5th, the moon is in Sagittarius and it will be there until, let's see here, tomorrow, Tuesday, the 6th, in the morning, the moon will move into Capricorn. It'll stay there until Thursday the 8th and move into Aquarius, which will open our new moon portal. And the new moon and the full moon portal just refers to the moon entering into the sign of the zodiac where it will be during either the new moon in this case or the full moon if we were talking about a full moon portal. And that portal is open. Um, the whole time that the moon is in that zodiac sign. And if you're not really tracking the moon and the actual zodiac sign, that's totally okay. The rule of thumb I was always given that always helped me a lot in my early days, long before lunar tracking for me, um, a day before, the day of, and the day after is an excellent, potent time to work with any lunar phase, okay? Okay. Now, the moon, uh, the new moon portal opens up Thursday the 8th, and the new moon itself is on Friday the 9th at 5.59 p.m. Eastern Time at 20 degrees Aquarius, and the moon will stay in Aquarius until Saturday morning when the moon moves into Pisces, and we will round out and finish out this particular week with the moon in Pisces. So we have the moon moving through these very big picture signs, energies that are very natural at zooming out and looking at the full picture. So right off of the bat, that is going to be some helpful information for ourselves this week. Um, zooming out and looking at the whole picture, especially if we are finding ourselves 
really, really, really hyper fixating on the details. Now, because astrology affects each of us, or it shows up, I like to use that word a lot better than affects. Um, Astrology shows up very different and unique for each of us. You might find that you're feeling a little bit uh, almost avoidant of the details, a little bogged down by details. Oh, I don't have time for that. Oh, I don't have time for those little tiny things. And it, I will say that if you find that you're feeling that way heavily this week, then the balancing action for you might be actually to look in a little bit at the details and let yourself um, zoom in a little bit if you've been in a really zoomed out big picture perspective and let yourself zoom in and be really present and really aware for specific individual moments, okay? Um, Now, leading up to this new moon on Friday. First up, we have Mercury moving into Aquarius this week. And Mercury overall really being our planet of the mind, communication, curiosity, learning, resourcefulness, adaptation, um, and the way that we interact with each other and our immediate environment Overall, Mercury really enjoys being in Aquarius, which is a sign very well adept in technology and progress. And um, holy, holy, holy moly. Sorry. I've got I've got cards jumping on out at me. Let's see who came to play today. I had a feeling we had like a full reading coming our way. As soon as I grabbed the deck, I was like, this is one of those episodes, isn't it? And it sure is. Oh my God. Even the card, even the card that fell out of the deck earlier when I grabbed it off my shelf um, and I put it back into shuffle came out. (laughs) So we'll talk about that in a second. So... er, Mercury does really enjoy overall being in... Aquarius. I think one of the only places where we see a little bit of difference between Mercury energy and Aquarius energy is Mercury is actually very, very detail oriented. And Aquarius is again, one of those kind of zoomed out bigger picture energies. So there is some balance that we get, I think, when Mercury goes into Aquarius, and it helps us moderate between either hyper fixating on every single tiny meticulous little detail and also being a little so concerned with the big picture we don't have time for the details I find that Mercury and Aquarius helps us find a nice happy medium there that we can really really learn from and what is Mercury doing if if it's not learning whenever you see Mercury move into a new sign or make a transit, it would be really helpful for you to associate that immediately with, okay, where is my mind? What are the things my mind is going to find the most fascinating and interesting and intriguing? What am what is going to pique my curiosity right now? What what information that I don't have is going to be begging for me to learn more about it. That's a great 
uh, way to step into any Mercury transit that you hear about or see in astrology. Now let's let's start diving into some of our cards here and, and forming some connections from the cards to our to our astrology this week. Good Lord, <laughs> as the words start to leave me. So we've got a little chunk of five cards that came out, a nice little five card reading here. We've got some big players that came out of the deck. First and foremost, and I'm going to go through these since they jumped out. Um, we're going to connect the dots together. These aren't necessarily in any particular order unless my intuition is just perfect and I laid them out perfectly. We'll, we'll go with that. So first and foremost, we have the nine of cups. We pulled the devil. We pulled the page of swords. Three of pentacles reversed. And we pulled the lovers. So I want to focus for a quick second on the devil and the lovers, because these cards are actually mirrors of each other. And if you're not already familiar with tarot and, um, and the imagery here in the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck, which is not the exact deck that I'm using. This is the golden universal deck that I'm using. Um, but it's extremely, extremely close to the Rider Waite Smith deck. It's very much inspired directly from that. If you're taking a look in your traditional Rider Waite deck or um, any deck that is very, very, very similar to that, like the Modern Witch Tarot is extremely similar in imagery. And this, like the Universal uh, Golden Tarot, this is very similar. And if you don't have a deck uh, any of those, I recommend looking these up online if you're not already on my email list and, and looking at the card pictures for today. If you look up the devil in tarot and you look up the lovers in tarot and you put these cards side by side with each other, first off, we see two figures, a man and a woman on either side of the card and in between them is a larger figure or entity. On the devil card, this has been often attributed to Baphomet um, and also just the devil, Satan. And over on the lover's card, the angel up in the sky, the figure that is depicted as an angel, is very often associated with Michael. I'm 99% sure it's Michael. And if I am getting that wrong in tarot right now and I'm mixing up my archangels, I apologize and totally correct me. Um, but digging into my tarot arsenal in my brain, I'm 99% sure that the this particular archangel on the lover's card is supposed to be representative of Michael. Now, I want to first make a note for anyone that felt that little twist, that little turn, that little ick in your belly when I pulled the devil card. I want to also talk to anybody that felt that little ick, that little twist, that little turn or prick in their belly when I spoke about Baphomet or Satan or the devil. Um, I would be very willing to bet 
that there are also people that feel a similar twinge, a similar discomfort at the mention of angels and archangels and Michael. First and foremost, these are these are deep-seated associations that we have come to create. A lot of them have been put on us, taught to us. Uh, some of us, it has been very much a part of our human trauma that we've experienced. And I want you to let that that helpful lunar position we have this week, right, of the, of the moon being in, in a position this week to help us really zoom out and look at the big picture. And we're going to do that together right now. I want you to, for a moment, let go of any personal associations you have with Satan or with an angel, okay? And zoom out for a second. One of the most helpful, helpful things that I've come across and learned is that the devil or demons and angels are actually theorized to be the same being. And let that sink in for a second. If you've poked around on the internet about angels at all, um, the physical description of angels, usually, especially historical and especially in biblical times, does not match the illustrations that depict them in modern day. And actually, these descriptions of angels match much closer to what we've seen illustrated and depicted as demons. It's been proposed that these are one in the same being. And that depending on where we're at in our life, and what we're going through, and what we need most at that time, what our soul needs most at that particular time, we perceive that being either as a demon or as an angel. Now, to me, this connects instantly into shadow work and the shadow self, especially because very often our shadow self is regarded as this disgusting, scary, creepy thing. And the more that we envision parts of ourselves that way, the more it will present itself to us that way. And if you've ever done any deep dive into paranormal research and, and read the countless experiences from people that have experienced reportedly demonic activity, you will find that time and time and time and time again, there is some sort of shadow experience connected to the whole overarching story. Somebody's just died, a person lived an extremely tragic and traumatic life, 
they're in an extremely toxic, dangerous, and abusive relationship, whether that's romantic or within their family. Um, they are going through or have been through what humans most often refer to as um, a really dark time or a dark night of the soul. And when we are, we are perceiving that around us. And I, I really, in my heart of hearts, believe that it, it projects itself out in front of us um, by, by the way that we're perceiving our experience at that time. And so I really do believe that people who have seen demons and people who have seen angels are very likely seeing the exact same thing. And it just depends on their perception and what they're going to. And again, what they need most at that time. And that transitions me into these cards a little bit. Because when we think about what we need, well, we most certainly don't usually think we need a demon, do we? <laughs> Let yourself laugh a little bit if you haven't already. It helps talking about this stuff that we have a lot of deep, especially religious trauma and wounds. And it's a way to laugh about this stuff. You're safe. You're protected while we are talking about these things, I promise. Um, but bear with me for a second here. Why would we need a demon? Well, now let's look back at the cards. In tarot, we believe that... These are all images of universal archetypes. And universal archetypes live within all of us. This is also represented through things like the birth chart, for example, which is another set of, of universal archetypes that all live within us. We have these archetypes at our disposal at any given time. And depending on what we've been through, what we're going through, how we're perceiving our experience at that time. Um, are the, those are the types of archetypes that resonate the strongest with us during any given time. Some, some of these archetypes, you know, are a little more dormant, if you will, and they stay a little bit in the background, not necessarily suppressed, but just hanging out in the background while others are more in focus or we're embodying more often. Um, but make no mistake, Every single one of these archetypes is housed within us. As soon as we look at the tarot that way, as soon as we look at the demon archetype, as soon as we look at the angel archetype that way, and we know that we have that energy, that archetype within us all the time, right off the bat, we start removing some of that external fear and, and pain around all of this. The devil and the lover's cards are about choices. And it's funny, Ashley actually brings this up on, on Friday's episode. <laughs> and it's so true. The devil and the lover's cards are so much more about choices than what they're stereotypically associated with, which is, you know, the devil's always associated with bad, horrible things are coming and happening. And, um, the lovers are associated with perfect, wonderful, romantical love and marriage happening. Those are two extremely narrow and albeit very unhelpful <laughs> ways of looking at both of these cards. These cards have such similar imagery for a 
reason. This is not an accident. This is not a coincidence. These cards are about choices. And I will implore upon you, my friend, you can lose yourself in either one of these archetypes. If you're looking at the devil card, it's hard not to let your eyes really draw into those chains around the necks of each of those figures, right? It's hard not to feel like, oh, look at this imprisonment. The devil is keeping them as prisoners. They can't escape. They have nowhere to go. This is all totally beyond their control. When in reality, what this card represents is these are figures of people that made choices to be here and to stay here, a.k.a the choices that we make and we continue to make that imprison ourselves. This is a card that gets us to start looking at and thinking about that fine line, that nuance between liberation and freedom and self-sabotage. Now the lovers on the flip side. This is a card all about choices. Balancing self and other. The polarizing aspects within our own singular self and the unification of polarizing energies. When I look at these cards... And we're going to bring the devil and the lovers back in in just one second. But let's look at these other cards from the minor arcana that came through in this reading as well. The nine of cups, three of pentacles reversed, page of swords. It's the page of swords, by the way, that came out and I put it back in and then it came out again, <laughs> if you're curious. <coughs> nine of cups is a card of satisfaction, particularly emotional, spiritual satisfaction, really feeling content. The Page of Swords is so fucking Mercury and Aquarius, by the way. It was funny. When this one came out a second time, I was like, okay, I'm starting to see, starting to see where we're going to connect the cosmos and the cards this week. Oh, I like that, the cosmos and the cards. So... This is a very, very Mercury and Aquarius card because the page is, is definitely seen some shit and, and been through a journey, a very valid journey. Um, but we are like nowhere near done with that journey. We have a lot of learning to do. We have a lot of experience to have. And there's a reason why the pages are associated with kind of teenager or adolescent young adult energy, because it's a lot of us can relate to that, right? Like that feeling of when you're in your early to mid 20s, and you're like, oh, I've been through some shit and I've been through it all and I've already had to overcome it. That is true, my friend, and that is valid as shit. Absolutely. And anybody, anybody after their Saturn return into their 30s and well beyond will tell you, you are so, so much more at the beginning of your journey at that stage 
than you're able to realize. Now, lots of us listening to this podcast are not teenagers by our age range, right? So what does that mean for us when we're well into our adulthood? Well, think about the archetypal meaning of that stage of a journey. You have come through so much and you're really, God, if we're talking about choices, you're really given this opportunity where you can either be totally jaded by your experience or you can utilize your experience to your benefit moving forward, for your own growth moving forward. Now, what's interesting about getting this three of pentacles reversed, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to just, I'm going to just let this one come out nice and blunt. I think that there are people around you that are willing to help. I think that there are support systems around you. um, And I think that you're rejecting them and ignoring them and avoiding them right now. And I think this is a big reason why we bought or why we bought, why we got the devil card today. In fact, the fact that I just had that little Freudian slip and said bought instead of got, I would take a look at your spending right now. Are you doing any emotional spending right now? Especially in the name of, oh no, this is actually practical. And is it actually practical or is it a coping mechanism right now? Just want to throw that out there for anybody who needs that little reminder. There is definitely something to feel satisfied and accomplished with. Your growth and your progress matters. And you're not wrong that you have been through some shit and you very likely are going through some right now as we speak. The cards are also strongly indicating, however, this rejection of community and It might also be in the name of a broken community, a group, a family, some part or chunk of your community might have fallen apart recently. You might be rebuilding that right now. Maybe you've been through a time recently where you really needed to go into a period of isolation and some self stuff. It's very, very natural. But we are getting this message of very strongly in these cards that we are not here to do all of this all alone. And we are born among others and into a collective for a reason. And when we think about Mercury moving into Aquarius this week, our new moon in Aquarius coming up, And next week, we will have Mars and Venus also moving into Aquarius. We have a big shift into Aquarius. The sun just moved into Aquarius a couple weeks ago. And and Pluto moved into Aquarius the same day that the sun did. This is a time of other, of community, of collective. And the toxins kind of rising to the surface, like right now I have this strong image I'm seeing in my mind of like poison being sucked out 
And it is a grueling, gruesome process. And it doesn't look pretty and it doesn't sound pretty and it certainly doesn't feel pretty. And I can see and feel this image so, so, so strongly right now. It's a very necessary purging part of the process. And there is this big indicator for reminding yourself what you do and what you don't have power over. I think a big reminder we're getting from our cards today is what is within your control. And I'm going to share with you to kind of wrap us up as a piece of advice moving forward from this reading, something that was given to me in a support group a couple of years ago. And it's called the hula hoop theory or the hula hoop method. And you envision yourself inside of a hula hoop. We've all seen a hula hoop. Pretend there's a hula hoop around you. Everything inside the hula hoop is what's in your control. Everything inside the hula hoop is what's within your power. And everything outside of it is beyond your control and beyond your power. And it requires trust to a certain level. It requires the right boundaries in lots of different places. It requires you to continue learning and expanding your own perception. And no matter what, it's this reminder of what you do actually have power over. And if we all envision ourselves in our little hula hoops, think about the healing that can come to humanity. If we make sure I'm in control of me, I have power over me and what I do. I can offer out help. I can send that out there. And if it is received, beautiful. But I can't make somebody receive that. I can do all I can. It doesn't mean I can force that to happen. And Pluto being in Aquarius, my friends, is here to remind us big time what we do and what we don't have power over. I think one of the biggest messages coming through for me, for all of you today, is for the sake of humanity does not mean trying to further power over one another. So often we talk about the problems of different aspects of our lives, different cultures and demographics of people now and throughout history that have been destroyed, abused, exploited, all in the name of power over people. And as we move more progressively into a space where we're hopefully blowing the lid off of shit like that, we have to remind ourselves 
that those qualities, those archetypal traits and qualities that exist in the powers above us that we loathe and despise so much live within us too because we are also human. You have that devil card inside of you as much as the next person. No matter how big and rich and I, I'm serious. And the, the, the second that we remind ourselves of this, we are able to help people and offer support out into humanity that is so much more effective and is not coming from our own place of control. Because where does control come from? Fear. And you bet your ass that those giant people in power, they are just as scared shitless as the rest of us are about anything. They have that archetype of fear living within their hearts, just like anybody else. That's where power struggles and control comes from. And if we don't let ourselves be honest with ourselves about that, no matter how in the name of good we try to make it be, the more we come from a place of fear, the more we will actually turn around and just be trying to exercise some control over other people outside of our hula hoop all fucking over again. So, big messages came to play today, didn't they? Holy cow, I wasn't expecting it either, my friend. But I knew when the card deck was asking to get pulled down from the shelf, when I looked at the astrology this week, I knew that some really big, profound messages were going to start coming through for us. So I hope that this week you can kind of picture you and everybody else a little bit more inside their hula hoop. You can offer help and support and love to people from your hula hoop. And if they receive it, fuck yeah, that's beautiful. And if they don't, that's okay. It's their hula hoop. I hope that this message serves you well and has provided you some sort of information inspiration or insight that you are needing at this time. I can't wait to talk to you at the end of this week for the new moon in Aquarius with Ashley Michelle. It's such a good episode. Make sure my friends that you are staying safe out there. Please be letting yourself have some fun these days. And of course, stay magical out there, my friends. What is that witch school? Well, it's kind of my twist on Patreon. See, for as little as $5 a month, you can get instant access to our entire back catalog of incredible bonus content, like bonus episodes, witchy lessons, a ton of astrology resources, guest teachings, and so much more. But I didn't want to just keep the magic going in between episodes with bonus content. I wanted to keep the learning going. I wanted to keep the community going. So I also offered tiers that opened up opportunity for continued intentional 
magical academic learning, as well as opportunity for creating community with like-minded Fuji individuals. For just $30 a month, you can get full, complete access to everything inside that witch school, including our exclusive members-only social media platform on Mighty Networks, where right now, witches and energy practitioners and students just like you are all learning, working together, sharing together, and supporting each other week in and week out. We talk about the show, we share dreams that we've had, we share each other's tarot readings, and ultimately we support each other as magical beings in a very anti-magical world. You can join us today at thatwitchnextdoor.com slash enroll to learn more and start your enrollment today.